I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the UK Packers podcast with your host at NFL on Twitter and follow the group at UK Packers. Now we have some absolute UK NFL royalty on the line. I don't know if I'm worthy. We have Mr. Neil Reynolds of Sky. Neil, how's it going? Um, well, I'm very good now with that sort of intro. How can I, how can I not? How can I? How can I not like that? It's fantastic. Well, so, I, I have um, to schmooze up to the stars, Neil. You know what I mean. I have to pamper your ego. I think uh, you know. I know. Well, that's a, that's how it works. That's how you. That's how you get the people on, right? That's how you get the guests on. That's how you keep them on longer. I know how it all works. I've done it all before, but I'm going to appreciate it and enjoy it. Anyway. <laughs> well, thanks, Neil, for coming on, and I'm glad you appreciate it. You are my Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or uh, who. Who's your man crush now? I know you were on Aaron Rodgers. You moved to Andrew Luck. Are you coming back to Aaron Rodgers, or is Luck's big money deal making you stay with him? I think it's it's like holiday destinations. You can have more than one place you like. So <laughs> you know, it's Aaron Rodgers will always be the original. Right. You know, you never forget your first, you know. Well, Dan Marino, <laughs> but the original, original. Right. But then you know, I got, I kind of got, I think I got on the Aaron Rodgers bandwagon a little bit ahead of some. You know, and then yeah. I was. Uh, yeah, I, I was kind of riding that as much as I really liked him. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I have a soft spot for, for Andrew Luck, and he's, uh, yeah, I, I want some of that 140 million, really. That's oh, what yeah. it is. Oh, yeah, he'd, he'd be on my list of top 10 people, I'm allowed. You know, that whole friends list thing? He'd be, he'd be on my top 10 list. But, um, Neil, so it's, it's great to have you on, and I know it's a UK Packers podcast, but I think you sort of, you know, you transcend all teams because you're so, you're so well-known over here. So I know we spoke before. I'm going to go as far, Neil, to say that we're mates. Can we be mates? We can be. We can be mates. We can be friends. I, I'm, I'm happy. You can be my I'm Steve Smith. Okay. I'm, I'm happy with that. I mean, don't, don't, don't sort of go ridiculous and sort of think we're going out for a drink or anything, but we can be friends, right? you know. Yeah, sort of. Just don't take it to silly levels. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually just doubled the number of friends I've got in the world now. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what, Neil, after that, now, since we can't go out for points, I'm going to have to cancel that. Uh, I was going to make a godfather to my newborn child, but I think that's off the cards. I'm going to have to interview a few more times before I reach it to that level. Just don't but... call him Neil. <laughs> right, now I have to change his birth, sir. God damn it. But I think, Neil, what, what I'd like to do is, and I know I've spoken to you about this before, and it's rehashing some stuff, but can you give me, like, how did Neil Reynolds get into NFL journalism? Did you go straight in at sports journalism, or did you start writing about garden shows and, you know, charity events before you slowly sort of, you know, wormed your way into doing something that you really loved? Uh, I, dabbled with, uh, I dabbled with the NFL sort of straight out of college um, yeah. uh, at the age of 19, and in 1991 started doing stuff for Gridiron Magazine, but then I did go away uh, and do my proper journalism training. So I, I did cover uh, village fates. I did cover, <laughs> you know, flower shows. Um, I sort of started out covering the local ice hockey team in in Yeah. I first entered into full sort of sports journalism. Um, it was a uh, it was a start at the bottom. My my first job was uh, basically I was the office assistant at the Kent Messenger newspaper in in Chatham. Yeah. Uh, the job was to uh, make the tea or coffee for whichever reporter <laughs> wanted it at the time. Uh, and when they wrote a story, to cut out their story out of the newspaper and file it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a uh, humble beginnings. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, but it's, it gives you a good grounding. You, know, you, get, you get to be a qualified journalist. I went away and became a fully qualified reporter and did that 
uh, for a year or so before I went to first down newspaper. So when it comes down to NFL Europe, Neil, is that sort of thing, is that ball back in motion now, do you think? Because you were very heavily involved in it at the time, weren't you? And do you think it's sort of slowly coming back that way, that the NFL, I know it's fully established over here, but like with the London team coming, is the NFL Europe an established thing in the NFL sort of mind? Um, I think that uh, I think that we we won't see an NFL Europe league like we had in the past. We will be looking at uh, trying to find. I think that we're trying to find international players, um, yeah, like Maurice Bowringer, who's just gone to the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, but we're not going to see a league. I think we're going to see um, you know that real investment in regular season games over here. Now, if you talk to football people in America and you talk to uh, player personnel people, they absolutely are crying out for a development league for the for the NFL because they feel that that's, that's been missing since NFL Europe went, um, but it wouldn't be here. I think it would be, uh, I think that would be something that would be you know, based in Florida or something like that. I think, I think what we're going to see uh, in Europe is, uh, is more concentration on regular season games. Yeah, and um, the London team thing, from your perspective, and I know sort of like journalists over here really want that thing to happen, but do you actually think that's a good idea from a Packers perspective? We'd never really, you know, we'd support the idea of a London team, but we'd never support the team itself. Do you think there's enough support yeah. over here? Because it is a boutique sport, Neil, still to a certain extent over here, isn't it? Like you'll have your diehard fans, we stay up late. So do you think that there will be crossover to people supporting a London team if they already have a team to support? I, I do. I do think there would be, and, and there's absolutely people like yourself who, you know, I've had this from, from many different teams. Well, I'm a Raiders fan. You know, I'm a Bengals fan. It's not going to be any different. But I think there's a couple of things that, you know, the NFL aren't looking to move away from their existing fan base. But the reality is that new fans are coming in all the time, and if a new fan base emerges to complement the existing hardcore, knowledgeable fans that we have in this market, then I think you would see them adopt a, a new London franchise or whatever it may be. Then I think people like yourselves might go to two or three games or might go to three or four games or some might even buy a season ticket package and have the London team as their second team. I do think it's, I do think it's feasible, um, but I accept, I accept the argument that some people wouldn't change over. Now, some people would. You know, yeah. again, it's a personal preference. People were fans of other NFL teams before the Panthers moved to Charlotte. Before the Texans were in Houston, they were fans of you know they they were fans of other NFL teams until they got their own franchise. So, you know, it's going to be a personal preference. But we've got to remember that this sport's growing all the time. Fans are coming in, and again, if it's uh, if it if it makes if it makes business sense, then I think the NFL are going to give it every shot. Yeah. Because that is the that is the thing. It's you sort of have this you know click of people like us who are you know diehard fans, and you also have the new fans coming in. And as such, Neil, your audience is getting bigger and bigger and bigger with different sort of skill levels, and with that becomes more exposure. Like with because we've witnessed it on our uh, Twitter handle, for instance, we've got about seven and a half thousand followers now, and we've got a large mm. Instagram following of about twelve and a half thousand. And you'll always get a bad egg or a few bad eggs within that group. We've had people set up groups called the UK Packers, you know, expletive. They've set up the thing, went through the whole sign-up process, just set up the Twitter account to abuse us. Do you get that type of treatment in Sky? Do you get the sort of vitriolic hate abuse? And, like, how do you handle it? 
Um, yeah, there's that on a on a Sunday night. I would say it's it's funny because uh, you find that you know I would say ninety percent, ninety five percent of people I speak to on uh, Twitter during the during the week are people like yourself, where we first kind of met, started talking on on Twitter. And yeah, you, you know, you unless you say something really controversial, you you know, you don't tend to find you get that much vitriol, but. I tell you, it does change on a Sunday night. <laughs> it does change on a Sunday night. And I learned about, you know, I'm, I'm, I apologize to those that, you know, hope to get through to me. But I, I learned about three or four years ago that, you know, it's, it, I go on Twitter to to look at injury updates and news, but I really don't read any of the stuff that, um, you know, is on there on a Sunday night because it distracts from watching the game. And also, you know, you just, you you can't let that stuff, you know, get to you or bother you and also you can't you know i by the same token you know if somebody's telling you you've written something that's amazing or you've done something that's amazing you you can't pick those ones out and say oh look at that and then try and ignore the bad ones so to be honest with a lot of you know i like to have debates on twitter and stuff like that but if it's just if it's just abuse or just you know i kind of let all of that stuff kind of wash over me i'm i'm sort of you have to you kind of develop a, a thick skin and yeah. um you know i have a I have a great job great life enjoy what i'm doing um you know you, you can't let you can't let the, the that sort of feedback um bother you and i, I really genuinely don't so if, you know i'm sure there's uh i've been told there's uh there's uh facebook groups out there various things <laughs> bits and pieces yeah um i'm um, i have to apologize to those people who've gone to all that effort i haven't even seen them it's <laughs> the best way to deal with it but uh yeah so i mean on the same token then neil because like we sort of understand that you say one wrong thing and all of a sudden it's blown into proportion or people take it wrong or whatever like with our sort of you know irish and english wit we release these funny memes on our instagram but sometimes the american crowd they take it too literally and we come up with a sarcastic meme and they take it too literally so the world is mm. kind of it's very very pc which is odd because you've guys out there like donald trump who just don't know what the word means you interview a lot of NFL players. Do you find that they're very guarded the same way as, you know, we tend to be in the sense that they're really so scared about saying that wrong because it's all a big money business, you know? Because I find we've interviewed players and they're very guarded, very scripted on what they say. And the best crack you can get out of people is the lads who have retired. Do you find that? And mm. is it frustrating as a journalist when you're sitting in front of someone and they just say the usual stock lines all the time? You can, you can sort of understand it, yeah. I mean, sometimes they're... You know, everyone who's new to the NFL looks and says, "Oh, the players are so well trained and they're so media trained." And I'm, sometimes I say, "Yeah, they're they're too well trained." You know, yeah. they, uh, I'll give you an example, and he, I love him to death. I think he's a great, uh, uh, great motivator. But I interviewed Gus Bradley a couple of weeks ago, and I, I watched that interview back, and I remember thinking, finishing the interview, I think that ah, was it was good. You know, he was really animated, and I watched it back, and I remembered at the time thinking, "Oh, this sounds like a little bit of." You know, it was it was every answer was what you would have if you'd have predicted the answer. <laughs> yeah. Then that's what it was, you know, and that was just because that's what it is. They're quite guarded. They're quite, as you say, they don't want to give too much away necessarily. I've, I I agree with you. I've had great fun around the uh, Wembley games, working with the the alumni that come over, you know, and they they tend to open up a lot more. And and I think the good thing I get to do as well is these fan nights. Yeah. So when I do the fan nights, it's it's funny because they're being recorded now and they're being turned into programming for Sky. But the players kind of let their guard down, you yeah. know, and that's 
kind of how I've tried to design the evening when I come up with the content is to, you know, make way, make, you know, play little funny little games and different things. But all it essentially is is a different way of asking a question. Yeah. Um, for the player to give us some insight, so they tend to they tend to drop their guard a bit then, and you know, some of them I think they're they're, they're great ambassadors for the sport when they do that, and they do have a good sense of humour. But yeah, of course. Depends what mood you catch them in. Sometimes it depends where you catch them. Yeah. Um, you know, and what, often it can be how the season's going, but they can be guarded sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and tell us Neil real quick then. These fan forums. Have you got a good few lined up, and where can we catch these? Yeah, so we've got one on Monday, July the 11th. With uh, the, they're both in London, and I get a lot of stick on Twitter if I pick the venues. I don't pick the venues. <laughs> yeah. I just host yeah. the events. Yeah. Um, but we've got two in London, and the reason being that we have players that come in sometimes so short on time that they can't go too far afield so they do a lot of media in London and then they host the fan nights but I'd like to get myself and Jeff Reinbold on the road again we've been you know we've been around the country before that's a way for us to get around but Monday July the 11th it's at King's Place in uh, in London near King's Cross yeah (laughs) we've got Andrew Luck and about three or four special guests uh, and then the following night, Tuesday, July the uh, 12th, we've got uh, eight players from the six competing teams. Wow. Uh, and Maurice Jones, Drew and Ike Taylor from the NFL Network. So we've got 10 players and former players. Yeah. Uh, again, that's a King's Place, and people can apply for those tickets. Uh, they're free tickets. It's a free event, two-hour event. Uh, they can apply at NFLUK.com. Nice. And Neil, I know you're, you're a man short on time. If you don't mind, if I can hit you with some Packers questions. And then I want to end on uh, the fact that you've published some absolutely incredible work. One book that I've bought so far, the other one I'm going to rush out and buy. But we'll come back to that in about two minutes. Packers. Right. Now, I've had people on the, on the podcast. I had a guy, uh, Wes Hodkowitz. He's a, you know, he's a big-time writer. He works for Packers.com. So he had a very Packers perspective on the whole thing. I'd like to hear what you think about it. Devontae Adams, bad season last season. Uh, but there was talk about, you know, that he had a high ankle sprain. Do you think he can bounce back this year? Uh, did he try and catch with his high ankle? Because <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be the problem for me. I mean, I just thought, you know, and I thought he looked really good at the end of the end of last year. Hopefully, yeah. Jordy Nelson comes back. It opens everything up. Um, you know, they start winning on the outside a little bit more. And I think... Uh, he flashed that potential, didn't he? The yeah. the season before in the playoff game against, the Cowboys, against Dallas. Yeah. But you know, look at how Jeff Janis finished the season. Devontae Adams might be the uh, might be what the fourth receiver on that roster now. So um, I'm 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 with him. I'm in I'm in wait and see mode because he frustrated me. I'm not I'm not a Packers fan, but he frustrated me time and time again last year. I thought the uh, just coming into the top of my head, the Thanksgiving game against Chicago it was yeah. you know, the last pass into the end zone. I don't. I think he could have caught that. I think he, you know, it was a little bit high, but I think he could have got his hands on that and caught that. And I think when you're when you're struggling as much as Green Bay were on offense last year, you want everyone contributing. And yeah, and maybe maybe the injury affected every part of his game, but I wasn't impressed. Yeah, like it's telling, I think, on the pro football focus stats that he comes in 103rd and is mostly down to the drops. And like you say, I know he had an ankle injury. Should that affect these catches? But even his route running, I mean, even that Hail Mary pass in the Lions game, mm. uh, that was down to an Adams, you know, poor route. He went too deep into the end zone and then Richard Rodgers came <laughs> up and brought it down. So it worked he was out so something. Bad he was good. <laughs> but that's it. He broke through the other side. Um, so 
you know, onto another facet of the game then, the Packers have got Jared Cook. Uh, they brought him in, guy with the Rams. Now, again, he had a case of the dropsies. He had a case of, you know, just mental mistakes. He's a good sort of straight runner, you know, side-to-side runner. He's been criticized. Do you think he looked worse with the Rams because he had bad quarterbacks? And do you reckon Aaron Rodgers can make a top-10 tight end out of him? Uh, I think there's every chance. I think, uh, I think um, everyone has that opportunity to elevate their play when they're playing with Aaron Rodgers. I thought Cook was a... I liked Cook before he went to the Rams, and you're right. He only ever flashed little bits and pieces. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's a, another element of this, you know, this Packers attack when it was... You know, I, I was at the playoff game a few years back when Jermichael Finley kind of burst out yeah. in Arizona. I was covering that game for... Uh, Radio 5 Live and when you've got that sort of part of your game as well and you've got Randall Cobb and you've got George you know the, you give Aaron Rodgers enough options to sort of throw and spread the ball around and you're going to be impossible to stop and you know, so I'm hoping that, that Cook becomes that because I think that was you know missing to a degree for, for a couple of years now and um, yeah Hopefully, because I liked him before he went to the Rams, and you're right, the quarterback play is uh, it's, it's non-comparable when you look at the Rams yeah, and the yeah. Green Bay Packers. Yeah, and do you know what? When you look at all the tools that they could have, Jordy Nelson back to sort of you know stretch the field with those sideline catches, they can move Randall Cobb then you know fully into the slot position. Hopefully, Devontae Adams uh, can catch a catch a ball. Uh, Jeff Janis, he can run a few good routes. You know, Eddie Lacy being slimmed down. I mean, is this Green Bay's division, the NFC North, is it their division to win? Or do you think that the Vikings can come back and perhaps, you know, not dominate, but give them a good run for the money uh, in this upcoming season? I think the Vikings will give you a good run for your money. I think it's a, I think it's a, a two-team division at the moment. I think the Vikings, if you think about where the Vikings were last year, I don't see them dropping off too much from where they from their, where they were. I think they're a very good team. I think they're well coached. But I, I think I wrote this, I mean, we talk about publications and stuff. I, you know, when I, I wrote the Green Bay Packers preview pages in the, um, in the Touchdown magazine that I've just, you know, finished doing. And I said, you know, it was like a, it was like a tale of woe. You know, it was like, oh, it's just, this offense can't get going. This, uh, we ha- they haven't got Jordy Nelson, and Aaron Rodgers looks frustrated. And and you know what? They were they were a couple of plays away from the NFC Championship game again. Yeah. So this is this is how high the bar is set for the Green Bay Packers. That was considered a miserable season, and they're almost in the NFC Championship game again. Yeah. So um, yeah, yes, it needed a couple of hail marys along the way, but <laughs> the fact was you were, you were you were almost there. So. I think this is a, I think this would be a, an improved Packers team, and I think this is a Packers team that, whenever they've got Aaron Rodgers and a few weapons around, um, to me they are they they are a Super Bowl contender. I yeah. think they absolutely. You you if anyone said to me make a case for the Green Bay Packers to be in the Super Bowl, to me it wouldn't be that hard to do. Yeah, and let's go to another elite piece of work. Uh, we've gone from the Packers. Let's go to Touchdown Mag. Neil, what is it? Where can we get it? How many pages are in it, and how much is it? Yep, so it's 100 pages, uh, 6.99. It's in WH Smith, all the sort of WH Smith stores around the country. Yep. Um, and you can still uh, you can still get details on how to. If you want to download a digital version, you can go to uh, touchdownmag.co.uk. Um, but it's basically I wanted to write a well, I got approached to write uh, a season preview, but also to have. Um, you know, a brief introduction to the NFL, but yeah. rather than make it 
just the, you know, these are the rules of the game. Um, I, I, we've got a feature on how tough it is to play quarterback, and it's it's the quarterbacks of the NFL telling you how to play quarterback. It's the running backs of the NFL telling you how to play running back, receivers, and so on, in their words. And then, um, yeah, there's a, a double-page spread on each of the 32 teams as well, including... Uh, players on the on the hot seat, so that would be uh, that would be Devonte Adams for the Packers, <laughs> uh, potential breakout star, um, and I had uh, Jeff Janis for the Packers there as well for yeah. that one. Um, and you know your star man, Aaron Rodgers, always will be. But yeah, um, yeah so it's uh, yeah, it's in the shops. Going to stay in the shops until um, until until the start of the season because it's kind of a sort of guide you can take into the early part of the season as well. Yeah, and I hope the listeners go out and catch it because, I mean, your journalistic style, your knowledge of the game is incredible. We spoke on previous sort of podcasts and you've went through your process and how you prepare for a game. And it was when you were doing the podcast way back when with Darren Fletcher, you used to hear the sort of crumple and rattle of pages as you turned your notes. So, I mean, it's always very, very well researched, uh, which, Anil, this isn't the first time uh, that you've had, you know, a smash publication because I picked up your book, Pain Gang, which was, and now again, the listeners have to rush out and get Pain Gang. Because it's one of those books I found where uh, even if you're a, a diehard fan of one team, you're just addicted to reading about these old players. So basically, to those who don't know, and I'd love if you could flesh it out for me, Pain Gang is a book where it talks about the toughest guys in the game across all the teams, why they were so tough, and little sort of anecdotes and stories. Have I got that sort of nailed it? Yep, that's right. Yeah, and I, and I don't attempt to rank them. It's just telling their stories. So it's 50 toughest players in pro football history, whether it be sort of players that uh, were mentally tough or physically tough or, you know, had a tough upbringing. It's all different forms of toughness. Um, yeah, I wrote that a few years back now, but it's still uh, still out there and available. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And it's basically just a, uh, like a who's who of American football. I got them on the telephone and just got them talking, basically, and let them tell their stories. And they, they had some good old stories to tell. Yeah, and it's an excellent read. Now, again, it's not as if our podcast is being sponsored by Neil Reynolds, but I just think it's important that people go out and get this type of stuff because certain type of books and certain type of movies, you know, you have to be highlighted to them because, you know, over in America, they're all over the bookshelves. Over here, you have to go forage for them. Pain Gang, definitely one of my favorites and a good nighttime read. You can pick it up and just read about one player before you go to bed and then dream about the days gone by. Uh, Neil, uh, I know you're a man tied for time, so I won't uh, take any more of it. Thanks very much for coming on the UK Packers podcast. It's my pleasure. And I, you know, the podcast sponsored by Neil Reynolds, I like the sound of that. <laughs> let's, talk, let's, talk, let's talk finances. Okay, yeah, we're right after, after the show. <laughs> yes, uh, but thanks, thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure.